and I rolled over and my phone was going off the hook. It was making noises I had never heard before. My Etsy shop and my Instagram were crazy, crazy, crazy. It was insane. Welcome to the Self Starter Podcast, a place where stories are shared from women, just like you, who left the colorless corporate world with an idea and a passion and ran with it to create the vibrant life they always wanted to live. My name is Megan Tobler, and every week I'll be bringing real women to you to share their entrepreneurial journey in hopes of inspiring you to take the very first step of your own. Sometimes the hardest part is just to start. So come on, start today for you, start today for her, and become a self-starter. Let's go. Great news, self-starter. I know you have dreams for more, more time, more freedom, more creativity, whatever your more may be. I realize that sometimes the hardest part is just knowing where to start. So I've put together a few free resources for you to hopefully help get you started. The first is a list of 50 business ideas. And the second is designed to help you know the three things that you need before starting your business. I'll drop the link to these in the show notes. So hope you find them helpful. All right, now let's dive into this week's featured self-starter story. Enjoy. The best ideas start by creating something you want or need. And that's what today's guest, Nicole Sidipartiris did. As the founder of Shelf Indulgence Bouquets, she takes bouquets to a new level by creating a product that will never wilt away, a book bouquet. Tune in to learn how she strategically started her business through extensive research and strategy, how she grew her social following through word of mouth and influencer awareness, and how she balances running her own business and motherhood. If you've ever wanted to create a timeless business that fits your lifestyle, then this episode is for you. Nicole, well, I have to say social media is such a powerful tool because it has connected us today when we are complete strangers on the opposite side of the country. So thank you so much for saying yes to being on today's podcast. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm excited too. You are the owner of Shelf Indulgent Bouquets. Yes. So for people that maybe haven't found you on social media quite yet, what is it that you do at Shelf Indulgent Bouquets? So I make book bouquets. So think the luxury of a floral bouquet meets the love of books and gift giving in one big thing. And I make sure I'm giving the luxurious feel of floral bouquets, but I'm giving something that lasts a lifetime. So I love gift giving and I'm a huge reader. I read, you know, almost a hundred books every year. And for me, gift giving is hard. People think, oh, all she does is read books all day. And I'm not a flower girl. They're beautiful, but I don't want to spend $100 on something that, you know, is going to slowly fade on my countertop. It's great and it's beautiful, but I kind of would rather spend my money somewhere else. And the same thing goes for edible arrangements. Like it's great, but it's probably going to get slimy in my refrigerator. So I basically came up with this idea because it felt like a happy medium, that there was this gap in the market for book lovers, that we didn't have many opportunities for gift giving. Throwing a few books in a bag, isn't that creative? Isn't that fun? But when you make it into a bouquet, all of a sudden it's special. I absolutely love that. And I have the opportunity to speak with quite a few female entrepreneurs. And there's a lot of themes in when people start their own businesses. The one theme is finding a gap in the market with something that they love. And you just described everything like that. You realize that, you know what? I love reading. I'm an avid reader. Heck, a hundred books in a year is quite a lot of books. I maybe get through 
three if I'm lucky sometimes, <laughs> but I love reading just sometimes like you actually have to dedicate time. But I also am someone that I appreciate flowers, but like you said, they are quite expensive and they do not last. So this idea is actually really ingenious because it's in the shape of a bouquet like the flowers. However, it is something like you said, lasts a lifetime. So I think that's absolutely incredible what you've been able to come up with here. So when you obviously paired your love of reading with a gap in the market, but how did you decide that you actually wanted to pursue this as a business? So I had my friend's birthdays coming up. Um, My two friends, Kate and Kylie, they're twins and they love reading and gift giving. You know, you want to give something that's unique to each person. Everybody likes different genres. So I went and I said, you know what? I'm going to try it. I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to kind of pull things together from Michael's. I'm going to see how to do this. And in the beginning, I was wrapping books with loose cellophane and using, you know, not the best quality ribbon, but I tried it. And I said, you know, if they love it, if they respond well to it, if the other people at the party respond well to it, then maybe I'm onto something. Maybe I should try family and friends. And then my mother-in-law was like, Hey, I'm in a book club. I'd love to give them this as a Christmas present for our December book club. And I said, that's a great idea. And so at that point I was doing five books because obviously I was overzealous and excited. I wasn't thinking logistics yet. So I was making these five books and I was, you know, taking pictures of them. And I was like, wow, they look really beautiful in pictures. And I sat down with my husband and I said, you know, I think this is something I want to do. You know, right now I don't have the plans. I don't know how this is going to work, but it's something that I'm really enjoying doing. And I think other people will love it too. And he is my reason. He was like, love it. Great. But how are we going to do this? Let's get an Excel spreadsheet going. What materials did it take to make that bouquet for my mom? How much time did it take? You know, and so I broke everything down and, you know, I wanted to make sure I was competitive with floral bouquets because the same people are going to be coming to me versus a floral bouquet. So for me, I said, I have to keep it competitively priced. And I basically broke it down into every single piece to what tape cost and everything, the, the wrapping. And I said, I can do this. I can totally do this. And it was a lot of research and a lot of, you know, going to 1-800-Flowers and going to edible arrangements and seeing what they're paying for things like this, because this isn't out there. As far as I'm aware, book bouquets aren't readily available as far as I've seen, (laughs) but I did my research and I wanted to make sure that I would be competitive with them, that others would be like, you know what, maybe I'll do that because the memory of a book on a shelf is in your brain forever. You know, you can look and you can say, I remember exactly when they gave that to me and that's priceless. So I pulled the trigger and I said, you know what, I'm going to start with local and go from there. And it was so worth it because it really just blew up. I love that there's obviously that heart component to your business, but there's also that strategic component as well, because if it was solely based on heart and it was more of like the passion side project, you didn't really care about making a profit. That's one thing, but you were really strategic in figuring out, okay, what is the cost of materials? How much time is this going to take me? And you did all the market research with the competition that was out there. And I think that's really the difference here to be able to make sure that if you're going to go all in on this endeavor of yours, that it was something that was going to be financially profitable for your family. Right. And you know, and you want the best side of starting your own business is that you make it fit you. Like if you need to start locally, 
start locally. Don't overwhelm yourself and start small and give yourself grace and know that it's not going to just be something right out the gate. But even the smallest amount of people loving what you're putting your heart into is so satisfying that you just want to keep going and you want to keep growing. And with social media, it makes it pretty easy. I mean, there's so many outlets and there's so many communities out there that you can reach people very easily. You just have to put that little piece of effort in and say, okay, I'm going to give, you know, content my time. Because if I can't spread further than local right now, I'm at least going to make myself known out in the world in the easiest way possible, which is social media. Right. And social media, I definitely want to dive into because you have grown a significant amount in a relatively short amount of time here. But you mentioned that you started locally. So what was your process like for getting this spread in the local market? So I started out by, of course, adding everybody from my personal account. And I was taking pictures of everything, videos of everything, shorts, videos of myself making things, content up the wazoo. So I had so many things to work with. And so I added all of my friends and their friends. And then I went and dove into the bookish community. And I said, you know what? Book talk, bookstagram is, you know, a life form in itself. So I went in and I wanted to see, you know, what vibes people were working with, what book bouquets can I make to represent each of them? And so I started buying books myself and making bouquets for different genres and saying, regardless, I'm going to put them on my shelf because I'm a book reader and I love all types of books. I'm not just a one type pony, you know? And so I, I was like, well, it can't hurt. I'm already buying books. So I started out just making them as an example, and I would have to take them apart (laughs) after I took the pictures and stuff because I knew they weren't going to sell. I'm just trying to show people that the quality is there and that it's available and it's a thing. And I had some bites and I had, you know, people that I grew up with saying, hey, my girlfriend loves to read, but I don't know what books she would like. What would you suppose I do in this situation? And I was like, I got you. Just tell me what author did she read? And I'll go from there. I'll look into the newest releases because odds are she may have not read them yet because I know our TBRs are endless. So I just kind of rolled from there and I saw that there was interest. And then I was like, well, how and what would it take for me to be on Etsy? And I researched that for a few weeks And I wanted to see, is this something that should I keep it local for a while and see if this is something that people want? Or should I just dive in? Because clearly, you know, boyfriends and husbands and bookish and book talk are all reaching out to me and saying they love it. So I'm like, I should see what it takes and go from there. (laughs) It's a lot of research, but the plan really makes it easier to swallow because you have this step process, you know, you start out and you have your expectations for yourself, you create content, you know, free, easy solutions to get yourself out there. And it's really satisfying because even if you just add friends, family, local people, or people in your niche, they're going to show you love. Like they're gonna, like, of course there are trolls on the internet and like, that's totally fine. We all know that, but they're going to show you love and you are going to see that whatever you're doing, people like. And it is very impressive that you were able to grow so quickly here. I do think that it does start with your family and friends. Most of the people that I have connected with, it starts with word of mouth. 
finding out what people like, what they don't like. So that way you can really tailor your product in a way that you know is going to be successful when you do spread this out to a larger audience. Obviously, I'm just going to just spill the beans. You went on to Etsy. You went more than local at this point. Since then, you have now accumulated over 6,000 followers on Instagram. So I want to dive into how you have done that. How have you built this audience on Instagram? So I reached out to an influencer that I have loved for years, years and years and years. And I knew she, you know, she was getting into reading and what books she was enjoying. So I said to myself, why not? Why not try? And so I went to her profile and I clicked email and I said, you know what? I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to show her what I've got. And if she bites, she bites. If she doesn't, I tried, right? The worst thing she says is no, thank you. And that's fine. But I got a response from Danny Austin's team. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. Now, Danny is sponsored by companies like Abercrombie, Stanley, Tarte. I mean, she has her own brand, Divi. She's huge. So this was surreal. This felt like the turning point for me. And I couldn't really believe that it was happening (laughs) because it was such a big audience to see something that I considered myself, you know, a, a little local shop. And she, you know, when I read the email, she said, Danny loves it. Danny loves it. And she would love to receive one. Gave me the books that she chose. And she said, but I can't promise that she's going to share your product. And now I knew that. I knew that that was, that's the game you're playing. I'm not Abercrombie. I can't pay per ad. I can't, I can't pay for story, you know? So the fact that she was even giving me the opportunity to send it to her was great. And I couldn't miss out on it. And so I put it together and I sent it off. And I really just had to hope that my product spoke for itself, that the quality was there. And that if she truly did love it and shared it, that that was, you know, the pat on the back that I needed. And she did. She did. And she shared it. And it was after a really hard day. It cheered me up. It it was a tough day. And I rolled over and my phone was going off the hook. It was making noises I had never heard before. You know how you know I'm a two buzz. I'm a one buzz. My phone was vibrating constantly. And I thought this was a flood alert. Something horrible was happening. I roll over and my Etsy shop and my Instagram were crazy, crazy, crazy favorites. I was getting followers. I had 11 orders by the time I fell asleep. It was insane. And I don't think she necessarily knows the pull she has because she's such a genuine soul and such a kind person that she's just like, I love this. Look at it. (laughs) And it made the world of a difference for me. And I know she probably doesn't know that, but it was awesome. There's no other way to say it. It was awesome. And I'm so grateful because her followers, you included, are so kind and such like a welcoming, warm community that like, I feel really lucky that she let me have that opportunity and shared her followers with me which is really cool. And I'm really grateful for that as well, because for two reasons, if you hadn't have put yourself out there and just offered her the opportunity to accept your bouquet, then there wouldn't have been the opportunity for us to connect today because I am a religious Danny Austin follower. I think she is absolutely incredible, authentic. 
she shared this and immediately I saw your product and I was just instantaneously drawn in to what you had to offer because it is so unique and it's beautiful. So it was just like this really big opportunity where I knew I had to reach out to you. And I think that there's two themes between your story and mine. It's like, we have both chosen to be able to reach out to a complete stranger. And I think a lot of people are holding themselves back from doing that because they're afraid of being rejected. But the worst thing that they could say, like you said, was no, thank you. And you know what? In both of our cases, it was a resounding yes. It worked out. It worked out. Yeah. I have to ask, I know that everything exploded once Danny shared this on her social platform, but what was it like before you were able to get such a large following from her um, announcement here? I had to dedicate a lot of time to content because I knew social media was where I would go and where it would flourish. I have access to reach millions and millions of people. And if I create something and it goes viral, right? It's the same thing is you keep putting yourself out there, eventually something's going to stick, right? And so I just told myself, I have a shelf full of books, for example. Why don't I just put together bouquets and take pictures? Content, content, content. Put my face out there. I'm a human. I'm a person. And just keep trying and keep reaching and keep having, you know, friends and family share. And that's free that, you know, they don't have to support you in a way where they have to spend a hundred dollars. You know, they don't have to buy your product. It's as simple as sharing and they reach their community and their friends. And then it goes from there and it's it's a free tool. I did that. I did that for a while and I had, you know, my mom and my dad sharing and my mother-in-law, my friends. And it made a difference because it may have grown on a small scale, but it was growth. And I was letting myself have that win and saying, something's working. I just have to keep going and I just have to keep trying. And so from there, I set myself realistic expectations. And my life before I was a stay-at-home mom, I worked at a company, SBB. I worked there a long, a long time ago, but before I had my daughter, I learned a lot about growth expectations working there. And as everybody knows now, SVB was home to a lot of companies varying in size. And so I sat there and I watched, you know, big companies flounder sometimes and the humility in it and just being okay with flopping over sometimes and saying, that's the game you play. You're going to try something new. You're not going to be good at it every time. It's impossible. And people are fine with that. People are fine with you making mistakes, as long as you show them that you're a human. And I've found myself saying, I'm representing this product and I want them to know that I'm a person. So I try to respond to tons of messages. I I try my best to respond to all of them and reply to comments and like every comment and things that are free for me and easy that show people that I'm a person on the other side of a phone or a computer as well. And it's those little things you can do that are free and that don't cost you anything. And that odds are you have your phone in your hand anyways. So quickly responding to someone, you're going to meet amazing people. You'd be surprised at how many good people are out there. I know all it's mucked up in trolls on the internet and people saying mean things, but it's not, it's not for every one mean person. There's a thousand nice. And I've met so many awesome people through this. 
And that's a whole nother plus to it. You know, I feel like I know people and I'm friends with people across the globe now. I have a social media mom. She shows support and she's so sweet. And it's just so much fun. And it's these little things that make you keep going no matter what, no matter what, no matter how many times you flounder, you're going to keep going. It's interesting because you clearly have had financial gains throughout this whole process, but you've also gained a community. You've gained friendships. You've gained new perspectives and new ways of looking at things. And I think that and alone in itself is really beautiful. It's just about the journey, not always the destination, you know? Exactly. Now I have to ask, because you mentioned that you are a mom and you are also juggling being an entrepreneur. So how are you doing both of them? Like, what does your day-to-day look like as you are fulfilling these orders? So the great thing about this is that I set my schedule. I set my expectations. I put boundaries in place. I say, you know, I cut myself off at 6 p.m. I put my phone in silent mode and I separate and I go back to my life. I'm allowed to do that. I'm not getting alerts saying you're on call. It's awesome because I wake up in the morning and I can say, I'm going to make my daughter breakfast and I'm not going to change out of my pajamas. (laughs) I'm going to take my time. I'm going to, you know, set her up with a craft or a toy and then I'll go over. And it's really cool because I know that I can do both. And I set it up, you know, in my living room, I have a fold up table with a tablecloth over it. And I made it cute and I got little knickknacks from, you know, Amazon and Etsy and I made it work because the moment she needs me, I'm up and I'm back. I'm back in it and that will all be there when I can get back to it. But I set the expectations. I know what I can handle. And because I prepared so much and I know how long it takes to make a bouquet and whether it's the two or the three, I know my expectations. So I can tell myself I'm only going to put 15 available on Etsy because realistically, if 15 come in at once, I need to be able to handle that with the time I'm given. And so I'm allowed to do that. I put in my processing time. And so all I did was take two days and I figured out how long does it take me to make a bouquet? How much am I giving myself in leeway? You know, if for whatever reason a book's not available, or I don't have the proper color of wrapping, whatever, building in some wiggle room because I am a mom and I need to be able to be accessed at a moment. So that is another great thing about starting a business is that I made it fit me. I'm not fitting into a company. Wow. You made the company fit you instead of you fitting into a company. That is so powerful. And a huge takeaway here is you set boundaries. I think sometimes people, when they move into entrepreneurship, they think that they have to do everything and be available 24-7. And then they lose sight of why they started this business in the first place, which the majority of the time was time freedom, just freedom in general. And then they realize very quickly that, oh, wait, I'm working more than I was before. So I think what you've done is absolutely incredible because you've taken that strategic approach like we talked about before, but you've also really set the limits and the boundaries like we were talking about of what you wanted your life to look like and you've stuck to them, which is sometimes easier said than done, but you have done it. (laughs) It is. It's definitely easier said than done. But if you put them in place and all of a sudden you're feeling like your life is balanced and that you're able to wear all these hats, 
it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And to have the opportunity to be a stay-at-home mom is a luxury that a lot of people don't have. So, you know, some people may think I'm crazy for taking on a small business while being a stay-at-home mom, but I can do both. I can do both. And I do well, and she's loved and she's nurtured and taken care of. And my business isn't sacrificing either because I knew what I could handle. And even that little is still really satisfying. And I may not be able to sell, you know, Amazon quantities, but the quality is there and people know it's coming from a person and that it may take a little bit longer but you're going to get your money's worth. Like you're definitely going to get your money's worth because I'm putting love and effort into each and every item and it shows. So people waiting, you know, the three to five processing days, they don't mind. They don't mind. And as long as you set expectations from the start, people are very forgiving and very understanding. And even when you make mistakes, because you're gonna, you're gonna. The other day I forgot to put a gift card in one of my bouquets. And I beat myself up about it. I did. I sure did. I said, oh no, I forgot. This was my first mistake. You know, she's going to be so mad at me. No, no. I was transparent. I took responsibility for it. And that's all people want. They know that you're a person. They know that you're a human. You're not a factory full of robots delivering thousands of items a day. If you reach out and you say, hey, I made a mistake. I'm really sorry. And I'd love to fix it for you. And I know it can't be that, but I'd love to do something for you. And they see you as a person and they're like, I make mistakes all the time too. Wow. So do you, you know, so giving yourself some grace and just allowing yourself to be human is another great part of a small business. Yeah. And it goes back to what you're talking about with the SVB days. You were great at connecting with people, allowing them to realize that you are a human on the other end of the phone. And that's exactly what you're doing in your business today. And customer service is really what's going to take your business to the next level because the word of mouth is everything, clearly, as demonstrated by Danny Austin. Yep. So the love and the passion is there. You started this from a love of reading, a love of books, realizing that there's a gap in the market. Where do you really see this going forward as you continue to expand all of your offerings and your daughter continues to grow? Yes. So... In the near future, I would love to be able to open it up internationally. You know, it's a tangible goal. And in the long run, I would love to, you know, open a brick and mortar and think edible arrangements meets a bookstore in one place. And, you know, that's a dream. And I could see it going across the country and little shops everywhere that people can order and have locally delivered fast and quality. And you look at your shelf. And you say, I remember when my grandmother gave me that book for my graduation and that's priceless. That's priceless. And and I have books on my shelves that I look at and I get the chills and I'm like, I have a memory tied to that. And that's something you can't replace. And you could try to dry a flower, but it's not forever. It's not forever, but a book is, you could pass that on to your kids. You could give that to a friend and share it. It's just It opens up so many opportunities and I want it to be accessible to people because books mean so much to me. And I know the, you know, adventures that books can take you on no matter where you are in your life, whether it's a lockdown from a pandemic or you're at home with your newborn baby and your world is so small. It just opens up your world. And I think it's such a personal and thoughtful gift that people should have access to. And I would love to do that. 
you are doing that. It's amazing. <laughs> um, so if someone wanted to purchase a bouquet for themselves, if they're feeling some self-love today or for a friend or family member, one, where could they go ahead and find you? And then two, what's your favorite bouquet? So you could find me on Etsy, Shelf Indulgence Books on Etsy, or you can just search book bouquet and I'll be right there. Or Instagram, Shelf Indulgence Bouquets. And I have all of the needed links on there to take you to my Etsy, to take you to my TikTok, which I'm new at, but I'm giving it a shot. (laughs) As the young kids say, I'm shooting my shot. But my favorite bouquet, I recently made a pre-selected bouquet and it was pink and it was two of Taylor Jenkins Reid's books. And it was just spring. It was everything great about spring. The flowers were green and pink and oh, it was so bright and the aesthetics were on point. Oh, it was so nice. And I was like, I want that for myself. And then I was like, this is why I made that business in the first place, because I would love to receive one of these. (laughs) That's when you know you're doing the right thing. Nicole, this has been such a priceless conversation. It truly is something that is going to last forever. Thank you so much for sharing your story. You have inspired me. The reader in me from my childhood is just like released. So thank you so much for really sharing your passion and sharing just your genuine love for reading and learning with the world. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. (laughs) Wow. Today's chat with Nicole was truly timeless just like her bouquets. She recognized there was a gap in the market and set out to test if her product could withstand the test of time. And it clearly has. There were so many valuable takeaways shared, but what's just one thing you can take away from Nicole's story? Just like she said, the beauty about creating your own business is that you get to make it fit into your life rather than you fitting into your business. Nicole knew raising her child was a top priority. So she made decisions such as her working hours and her workload capabilities that allowed her to stay true to her priority and generate additional income for her family. So let me ask you, self-starter, are you ready to create a business that fits into your life? Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Self-Starter Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to like and subscribe to stay up to date on the latest content. Want even more? Be sure to head to selfstarter.com. And remember, start today for you, start today for her, and become a self-starter. See you next time.